Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Ah, good day, my friends. I, this is a day. Oh my gosh. So let me just backtrack this a little. We are now in the point of the podcast where I am out of recorded content and I've been traveling and I find guests and I always do everything in person. And it's been something that I've wanted to hold on to. I've wanted to keep that. And as we shift and evolved in this new world, that's not going to be possible anymore. And I'm going to have to start doing things not so in person. I mean, once I run out of literally everybody in my house. And sorry, you are going to hear my pets in the background. That is part of the ambiance and the experience of (laughs) being here with me today. But this week I'm doing a solo podcast. And even from a statistical standpoint, do really well for the podcast. I'm always really uncomfortable with them and not in a bad way. I, I like this discomfort. It's it's an important discomfort because I'm a writer. I get to write out my words. I get to read them back. I get to experience them and detail them and make them flow with the emotion and intention that I wanted for them. And that's something that I've practiced and learned over and over and over. When it comes to free-flowing a podcast, I'm going to run it like the same way I do everything else, which is not a lot of planning, not a lot of like preparing because I love to just sit and have a conversation and I want that to kind of remain. But that's scary because that's asking for a free flow of my thoughts into a microphone, into a recording device and on to you. And there's a scary vulnerable factor of that because there isn't a filter. I mean, I guess I could ask for things to be edited, but I don't want to. There's a rawness and a realness to this. And that's kind of what we're going to do today. So... As of right now, it is, you know, in the morning and I'm sitting with a cup of coffee in my living room. And yesterday I had a really, really profound experience just kind of recognizing shame. And this is a strange time. And as much as I love to kind of be a champion through, you know, healing and growing, there's something that's always difficult when you realize you haven't healed and when you realize that you're still struggling. And it's like, we want to take our healing and we want to put it in our past and we want to move past it. 
And that's just not a reality right now for a lot of us. A lot of old stuff is coming back. And I've realized and I've had to kind of sit with this a little bit that years ago when I sat in my therapist's office and she said to me how I had this innate ability for my brain to kind of protect myself from thoughts and from knowledge and I would sponge opinion and I would suppress things and and whatnot. Now being in this time and space that we are, I'm alone with myself more than ever. I'm used to having a suitcase ready at my door. I leave every other week traveling for work that I love to do because it pushes me into the world. You have to remember, like I couldn't even drive on a highway a few years ago. I couldn't travel by myself. I had so much anxiety around so many different experiences when it came to leaving my home and having independence. So once I figured out that I could love it, I got really hooked on it. But there's a part of running that's a part of that as well, is that I'm running away from being alone. I'm running away from sitting with my feelings and and instead I'm replacing them with experiences and excitement. And while I've gotten really good at journaling and experiencing things a lot, I realized through this time and in this quarantine that there's a lot that I still haven't. And back to my therapist, I remember her at one point saying to me that, you know, you can't outrun your trauma. It's going to be there forever until you get it properly dealt with. And I've just found that there's a lot to this part of quarantine that's been really hard. And it's the fact that I'm at home again. And if you're a stay-at-home mom in terms of like, you're a mom who works hard to like keep the family and keep the home, you might relate with this because those were the years for me that were the hardest, the joyful and all I wanted to do at the time. And honestly, financially, the most sound decision for our family was for me to be at home. But it was the years that I poured out everything. I didn't know who I was. I was struggling in depression. I was struggling with so much that kind of was going on in my world and in my relationship and trying to just be a mom and trying to like keep this home and trying to do all that stuff. And now we're in this situation again where I'm stuck back at home. And that's how I feel. I feel stuck back at home. I feel like I'm back in my past and I feel like I'm struggling with that. Every time I see the dishes, every time there's a meal to be cooked, I'm overwhelmed with emotion because I clearly have not dealt with the past. I haven't dealt with those feelings. I haven't dealt with the emotions that came with them. That's something that I definitely am struggling with. So I had this sort of profound experience yesterday in which I recognized where my shame was kind of rooted from and the fact that it was all in the hidden parts of life. And we're not talking about shame in right or wrongs. We're talking about because I think that's like meant to guide us. I think that's meant to be there and that's like purposeful. It has its place. She really does have its place, but it's not in the arenas that we kind of talk about. And if you studied, you heard me say arena and you're like, Brene Brown. Yes, exactly. She is the queen of talking about shame and you know, I really need to read her books. I've heard her speak once and it blew me away and actually created like a change in my life in terms of how I run my business and stuff as well. But regardless, yesterday I was kind of thinking about these things and thinking about like our first experience with the period. And we'd grown up, we'd seen the advertisements, we'd seen, you know, the blue liquid go onto a pad. We'd seen girls run around in their tennis skirts with a tampon. And we kind of grew up thinking like, oh, it's okay. It's nice and clean. It's not like what we think it's going to be. And then you get your period and it is an explosive event. And I mean explosive both physically, emotionally, and 
you know, physically. It's all the things, it's everything. And we kind of feel so much shame around that because why would we suddenly be able to talk about something when we think we're the ones who must have it wrong, this ick factor, this this weirdness, when we get clots and blood and we're just like, what is normal, what is not? That we have no references to see it. And think about the same time, like if you've ever done this, if you've ever held up a mirror to your lady bits and all of a sudden you realize that, you know, you feel very weird. You feel very different because everything that we have seen is almost a manipulated version of it. And when we see that in media, when we see it online, it is not true realistic forms. They're almost always manipulated and not kind of taking away the free choice or honoring the people who have like, you know, bleached assholes, they can do what they want. But it does make us feel weird about ourselves. Like why are we bleaching our assholes when that's like actually a really normal thing? And it kind of brings you down this path of like, what am I choosing because I feel shame for? And what am I choosing because it's preference? Let's take body care. Yes, body hair is stigmatized in media so much. Even if you look at the ads of shaving, there's never actually body hair there that they're shaving. They're shaving a bare leg, which is wild. Like we're not even allowed to look at it while it's being shaved. So now we're kind of entering this zone where people are making a choice and we have to kind of break ourselves down to, am I feeling shameful? Is that why I'm taking away this? Or is it preference? And I've practiced this a few times. I've tried to like grow out body hair and like I've had it lasered. So there's not much that comes back, but I realized that I was moving away from shame and into preference because I actually, through other women sharing their body hair online, have gotten really comfortable with it and actually started to find it really beautiful. And that's what the change in perception in media can kind of do for you. But going back to this moment yesterday, I was in the middle of a shoot and and it's an e-com shoot. So I had to shoot about, ended up being 50 photos of about 20 different outfits back to back. So I'm changing a lot. I've got the camera set up. I don't have a photographer in house, clearly. So I've got my phone connected to my camera and it's my shutter. So with my phone connected to my camera, I can kind of take these shots, change, get back into the shot. So that sets you up for the position that I'm in because I'm actually changing as I'm, you know, going. And it's not the normal, I I don't know how many of us actually change in front of a mirror, let alone see it from an angle that we're not used to, like a camera that's sitting at its side. But all of a sudden I was in this moment, this very vulnerable moment where I was bent over reaching for a new suit and all I could see was my hanging skin, my postpartum skin, weight loss, whatever it came from, life change, whatever. And this hanging skin from my stomach hanging down, I was just caught. I was caught in this moment like this is the one thing that I try and hide from everybody. I hide it with my clothing. I hide it with my intimacy. I hide it even in the way I allow hugs. It's like so much shame around this. And I've posted things of it before, but never really quite to the degree that this moment kind of gave me. I've even had artists draw it for me to try and retell it. But but in that moment, I could see it on the screen and I could see that I could simply just press the trigger. And so I pressed the trigger and I allowed the photo to be taken. And then I stood up and I took a photo again. And I realized that the reason, once again, I felt so much shame around the way my stomach hung after children, after aging, after weight loss, is because I hadn't seen it. 
And frankly, that's why I needed to post it. And it was incredibly important. And as I stared at it and as I looked at this image, it suddenly was like, okay, not only that, but like, quote unquote, it's not even that bad. Like, I know that's like such a whatever vain thing to say, but like it wasn't. And here I was literally manipulating my life around what I thought was so horrific only to look at it and be like, actually, that looks exactly what it probably should be. Seeing that I've had three children, seeing that Bodum was the size of Texas when he was born, like I'm, you know, in my mid thirties, seeing as I've lost a hundred pounds, like this actually looks pretty great and pretty like a body that's done a really good job. And I had to remind myself once again of that experience. But that's what isolation is kind of doing for me is it's taking me through so many vulnerable moments. And it's like a washing machine where you need agitation to come out clean. Wow, that's a freaking great analogy. If somebody wants to write that down, it probably already has been written, but that was amazing. And sorry, (laughs) it's probably going to be an Instagram caption later. (laughs) But it's true. You put the, how do washing machines work? They work by agitation. You put dirty things in, they get bumped around a whole heck of a lot and they come out clean. Yeah, usually, you know, sometimes the stain sticks because there's not a lot that can get like crayon out. But I feel like that's what quarantine's doing for me. It's put me in a washing machine. It's making me sit with my feelings. It's causing agitation and it's causing a whole lot of other things too. I've been really open about the fact that even though I don't own a scale, I've clearly gained weight throughout this quarantine. And a lot of that's because I've been so busy in my life. I wear an Apple watch. So it actually tracks your movement, your activities and your exercise every single day, your steps as well. And I went back and looked at, let's say February, I was traveling a lot. I was living my normal lifestyle, even within the realm of it being winter, I was still really busy. So I had one day that I was incredibly stressed and I decided to take the dog for a walk. And then it was three walks. And then I got on my exercise bike and I did a half hour there. And I was like, I just, it was one of those days where mental health wise, I needed so much movement. I just, I just needed to channel this stress energy into something. You know, if you've listened to the podcast episode, we talk about anxiety, Julian Brass actually talks about using your anxiety and channeling it. And I was kind of looking at my exercise that way. How can I channel this stress and put it into motion? And a huge part of that was really, really working it into movement, working it into exercise. And it it works really, really well. But at the end of the day, when I looked at my watch and saw the activity level, it was still like a third of what I was doing in an everyday of busy life and all of that. And just kind of recognizing that all that busyness was so much movement. And now we're at home and my body's going to change with that. Not to mention mental health wise, it's been a struggle. Those first couple of weeks, I was like, everything I could do for comfort food, which was shockingly a lot of bowls of cereal. And when I said that online, I couldn't believe how many people were like, oh my gosh, about the cereal thing. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's because like there's a childlike comfort to it. Like same with like mac and cheese. Like there's reasons we're reaching for certain foods. And, and I just became really hyper aware of like, that's just what I needed in those moments. I haven't had a bowl of cereal in a while. I feel like I've kind of moved past that comfort, but I mean, change comes when we're going through change. When you're online, obviously you can see all ends of the spectrum on how people are responding. And there was a lot of shame being induced in terms of like, if you were going to gain this like COVID-15, they were calling it, or quarantine 15. And here I was like working 
through these feelings and emotions and mental health. And, and not only that, but access to food. And it hit me like we're in the middle of a pandemic. People are suffering from job loss and financial loss like never before. We also don't have access to the same foods that we did before. We're amid so much change. And yet again, society sits there and says to us, but please, please, if you're going to have all this change, don't let your body change. Stay in the box, keep that mold, keep it tight, keep it small. It's just so much more oppression in a time where, and, and this is what I said on my Instagram, was basically if we come out of this pandemic with a few extra pounds on our bodies, we're the lucky ones because a lot of people are dying. And I think that as much as that's like a hard thing to kind of hear, because our feelings are still valid in terms of like, it's still okay that I struggled with my gene size changing over quarantine. But at the same time, I have to be reminded as to why we're doing this. And I have to be reminded that I still am going to have life after this. And for a lot of people, they're not going to. And so all of these circumstances, as hard as they may be, and while our feelings are valid, and I kind of have to look at it like our bubbles and our circles, right? Where here's our immediate bubble. This is what we're dealing with right now. This is the circle of what we're in. I'm dealing with feelings. I'm dealing with mental health. I'm dealing with, you know, being at home with my kids again. I'm dealing with, you know, weight change. I'm dealing with food changes. I'm feeling with less access to like my gym and people and friends. Everything has changed. Those are the things I'm dealing with. And then I go outside of that bubble and I look at the bubble of my community. What's going on there? Because there's job loss. There's people who are facing homelessness. There are women's shelters who are now, you know, amped up more than ever because domestic abuse has is on the rise because of the quarantine. It's actually caused a lot more. There's been a huge increase of that. And we also have, you know, people who are sick, really, really sick and, and not well. There's a lot going on there. And I think about those and like those feelings and I, and I kind of cope with those. And, and this is where capacity really comes in. I, I think you got to, it's okay if you're staying in your bubble right now and this is what you're dealing with before you step out to the next one. So if what you're dealing with right now is the fact that you're struggling with your weight gain, that's still valid, even if there's bigger things going on. But then we go to the world issue and we recognize the amount, the, the sheer volume of people who have died in this tragedy. When you have capacity to look at it as the whole world, and while we're all in this together, there is still so much to be healed. And this is going to cause massive ripple effects for the most vulnerable and the most insecure in our world. And we're sitting here and we bring it all the way back down into our bubble. And I can look in my bubble again and say, who cares if I miss my friends? Like I love them and they know I love them. But who cares if my gene size changed? It's okay that my house has gone to crap. And like when I say it's gone to crap, it's gone to crap, guys. Like it's not good. There are rings in my toilet that got to the point where they even self-cleaned. My toilet had like an orange ring on it. And I was just like, whatever, I don't even know where the scrubby brush is and left it. And then all of a sudden, like the orange stuff that was on the side of the toilet, like started to peel up and like float away. And I was like, okay, so it's just self-cleaning. Basically it's like the oven, you just turn it on and it, and no, I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going on, but things have gone to crap and we're having to learn how to do all of this with the capacities that we have. But again, looking at it from the tears and the bubbles that we have and what's going on brings you back down to some really key core points, which is 
it's okay that we're struggling in our bodies, but let's have so much gratitude for the fact that that is our struggle, that that is what we are going through. And truly that, you know, when we look outside of that and we look beyond what's going on with us and we look into our community and we look into, it's not the pain Olympics. I don't want us to be like, oh, well, somebody else has it worse. Therefore ours isn't valid. That's not it. It's more that I'm talking through my feelings about the fact that when you look at it as a world issue, it can really minimize how we're feeling about our own stuff. And I think this is what's going to be important is that after all of this, and we really have to trust in after all of this, after all of this, when we come back together, we're going to see change and we're going to see people having change in their bodies. And we're going to see them lose weight and gain weight and have differences in their appearances. For a lot of women, there's going to be a lot of struggle in the fact that, you know, they haven't been able to go to their normal types of comforts like hair being done or nails being done or eyelashes being done. None, nothing wrong with those choices, but there is a lot of like insecurity that can come from not having them because those are often security blankets through a time of life. Right. So, and I definitely can relate to that. So while we have this change, when we come back into the real world, I think what's going to be really, really important for us is to see our friends and say comments to them and welcome them back into a six foot zone where we don't comment on how they look, but we more comment about like, I've missed you so much. And this is what I missed about, I missed your hugs. I've missed your laughter. I've missed, you know, spending time with you. And it's really good to see you again. What's going to happen is that actually feeds into the fact of like where their worth lies with us. Like think about why you actually, and maybe this is a good practice for all of us before we see people again, is to start to practice in our whys. What are the top five reasons we love them? I'm guaranteeing you, I've said this before, I'm guaranteeing you the top five on the list is not gonna be how they look. So think about the things that you love about them and channel that into the way you speak into your friends and relationships coming out of this. And I'm really challenging myself this as well, because when we come out, we are going to see differences and we have to be so careful because we don't know in terms of financial loss and mental health, what caused and even access to things, what has caused those changes. So when we comment and say, oh, you look so great, just making sure that we're not making compliments around body size so that it's kind of taken off the table and a pressure removed from our relationships. And I think that's a really, really key importance moving forward. But I got to say, I also have had, in terms of like me running away from things, there's no denying that I have started an entire new life. And uh, if you watch my stories, you know this, but I have created an entire new world in Animal Crossing. And if you don't know what Animal Crossing is, I'm just going to explain it for you a little. It is a Nintendo Switch game. And in this game, you basically land on a deserted island and there's a raccoon there and he's like, hey, would you like to come and live on this island and you're like, help us build up, you know, a community. And you're like, okay, that sounds great. And so the raccoon's like, okay, so you don't have anywhere to live, but I can loan you a tent. It'll cost 5,000 bells, but you can earn that back. You can go fishing, you can go dis. Take your time, however long it takes for you to, you know, pay back for this tent. So you're like, all right. So you go fishing and each of the fish you catch are worth different things. And you go and exchange them in and you go back to Tom. Tom is his name, the raccoon. And go back to Tom and you're like, okay, here's my $5,000, my 5,000 bells. They call them bells. Here's my 5,000 bells. Tom's like, great. Thank you so much. 
now wondering if he would just like to upgrade that tent to a house. You're like, you know what? I would like to upgrade that tent to a house. And so you upgrade your tent to a house and Tom is like, okay, just so you know, now it's going to be 198,000 bells. You're like, okay, it's a mortgage, basically. It's my first mortgage. I'm an entry-level home. It's one bedroom, nothing else going on, very bachelor style. And so you you go back again, you have to fish, you have to grow things, you have to catch butterflies and all that stuff. And you go back and you sell them to Tommy. I'm assuming it's Tom's son. He's also a raccoon. He's just smaller. Is it Timmy? Tommy. I think it's Tommy. You go and you sell again and then you go back to Tom and you're like, okay, 198,000 bells. I've paid it off. And he's like, great job. I love what you're doing here. Now, wandering, I see that you're only in a one bedroom feeling like you maybe want to remove your toilet from your master bedroom space and also living room and also your kitchen. Would you like to add a bedroom onto your home? And we're like, yeah, I would like to add a bedroom onto my home. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm living here now. This is my life. And so here we go. We, we put in that money. He gives us a new loan. I mean, thank goodness for Tom. He's just like a never ending, like replenishing place. So he he gives you this new loan and now you're at 498,000 bells. So fast track this a little bit. I'm now at $2.2 million in debt to Tom Nook. And this is the thing that I really find where he's scamming me is because when you add a room onto a home, it should be an expansion cost, not an entirely new mortgage. Because I already paid that $198,000. You cannot tell me that a room expansion on a home jumps it up to $500,000. Like that's ludicrous. Not to mention, I now have a home with three bedrooms, a basement and a loft. And it's $2.1 million. And it's very similar to my own home. And I'm telling you, we didn't pay anywhere in the digits of that. So it's just very unrealistic, but I do love it. And I said to my husband the other day, I was like, I think that I love this game so much because it feels like productive life. That's not my life. It's just a different life. And it's like, I know I'm escaping and I know I'm going into this video game and living a whole new world, but it's brought me so much joy to like decorate this little house and, you know, tend to my gardens and go fishing every day and to, you know, eat my cherries and my peaches. So there's been some really amazing changes in quarantine as well, which is that apparently I'm a gamer. On Instagram, underneath your name, you can like choose what your thing is. And there's like a whole list and none of them relate to me. Like none of them make sense. So I've just put public figure, which is like kind of dumb because I'm, I don't know that I'm a public figure, but it's the only one that like was all encompassing. So I put that one in there and uh, now they actually have gamer. So I was like, I'm just going to change it to gamer and I'm just going to be like pro animal crossing but I can't because my friends are so much better than me at it already. So that's where we are. But all in all, I just wanted to say like, this is a strange time and strange things are happening and we're getting a little bit strange. And if the one thing that I've leaned into more than ever during this time is the word unstable. And I think we've always looked at it so negatively. We've looked at it like it's you know, a bad thing. That's like people who are unstable, like it's said in a tone like, oh, she's so unstable or he's like the most unstable person I've ever met. And we look at it with so much negativity and stigma. And I got to say, being unstable is the most relatable and correct and accurate and all of the words that mean correct 
word that identifies who I am right now, which is unstable. I'm not feeling stable. I have been up and down. There are days where I weep and there are days that I laugh and there are days that I do my hair to the nines and there's days that I wear the same pants three days in a row. And I don't even know if I changed my underwear. Like I gotta be honest, like it's just like, just not okay. Like everything kind of out the window. So amazing to kind of be able to take a word that was stigmatized and used for shame and then be able to bring it around and be like, you know what? That's exactly what I am. I'm unstable because I'm living in an environment that is unstable. I have a job that is unstable. I have a, which I'm okay with. I I love what I do and I'm not going to let the instability kind of like take my joy away from it. But you know, there is so much uncertainty going forward. So why would we ask ourselves to be stable in an environment that is anything but? And so I hope that encourages you today because I'm assuming if I'm feeling it, a lot of other people are too. And there's days where you feel like you can take it all on. And there's days where it just all stacks up. And when I say stacks up, I mean the dishes, they're stacking up ridiculously high. We have a broken dishwasher. So really, really high it stacks up and that's okay, right? Like eventually you start eating with chopsticks and you find ways around it. But I just want to give you so much love today. It's kind of an awkward way to end a podcast. I feel like I went a million different directions, but like I said at the beginning, it's a free flow. This is just my free flow thoughts. And I hope we kind of had some connecting points for you today. I hope that this conversation with myself and my animals really brings home some of the things that we're all feeling. And I just want you to know I'm rooting for you. And as we go into the next couple of weeks, we're going to have on some guests. We're going to change up the way that we're doing our content here, but it's going to be so much fun. And I hope that it brings about some incredible conversations. When you hear some of the guests that I've already started to line up, I'm actually really, really excited on because normally I'd have to like travel to these people to get them. And I'm really, really stoked on, on what we've got going on. So stay tuned. We'll be back next week. I'm really excited for next week's episode. I haven't even recorded it yet. And I'm already telling you that it's going to be a massive win. And so we will see you next week. Stay safe, stay home. If you can wash your hands, be a good person, be a kind person and mostly be kind to yourself. I love you guys. Have a good one. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.